think the main thing in life is relationship. Your relationship with your wife, your relationship with God, your relationship with your friends. And to me, that's what life is about. In my opinion, you'll ultimately be measured by relationships. It's all hard, but it's all fun. Mm, yeah. All of it's messy. But I, I just think that's what life's really all about. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. In his book, The Side Road, our guest today, Link Forrester, takes his readers on a journey of self-discovery and finding purpose amidst life's unexpected little twists and turns. As a seasoned traveler and adventurer, Forrester draws from his own experiences navigating the ups and downs of life to offer practical insights and wisdom to readers. Baby girl. We know that you are on the road less traveled, right? Mm -hmm. The side road, the detour, though you don't know where the hell this road is going road in midlife. This shit is messy, but it's all a beautiful, scary, crazy journey, isn't it? You know, we get a choice through all of this messiness. We get to choose this path or that path, and we can choose to pursue happiness or to choose complacency. Hell yes. And I'm choosing the pursuit of happiness because, you know, in this conversation, Link helped me to realize that life is just too short. And in his book, he inspires readers to embrace the unexpected detours and challenges that life presents. And, you know, what I've been trying so hard to do Find fucking joy and meaning in the journey. Fucking joy. (laughs) Fucking joy. Not just joy, but fucking fucking joy. joy. (laughs) (laughs) And we're here to tell you that sometimes it's necessary to go off the beaten path, Mm -hmm. to explore new avenues and possibilities, and to trust in your own inner compass Mm. to guide you toward your true purpose. Yes. And you know that we are on this journey with you. We are all navigating the messy middle with this rare blend of humility, of faith, and and hopefully with a good fucking sense of humor, ladies, (laughs) because this shit is for real. Hell yeah. You know what? You do not have to go it alone. You have your girlfriends to guide you. And we want to bring more women just like you with us on this journey. We want to form a tribe of empathy and compassion to support one another through all of the joys and all of the challenges that midlife brings to us. But we can't do it without your help. So please share your favorite episode with one friend, just one friend this week, Hmm. or leave us a review so that we can link arms, right? Pun totally intended. (laughs) And then we can take on midlife together, ladies. Yes. I love it. And so now without further ado, let's take a little detour with our guest, Link 
Forrester. Link, thank you so much for being here today. Glad to be here. Excited about it. Welcome. Welcome. We are excited too. Yes, we are really excited. Um, As we were chatting before we invited you onto the show, we know that you've recently written a book called The Side Road that talks about finding joy and purpose through life's twists and turns. And Mm -hmm. we feel like our girl out there is really (laughs) she's twisting and turning (laughs) right now. (laughs) Side down, right? Like I think of that Diana Ross song. Anyway, we go in crazy out there going through this proverbial midlife crisis. And so we would love to know a little bit more about what inspired you to write this book. And where was this idea of the side road and finding purpose through twists and turns born? Well, it's my son, Cole, who wanted Mm. me to write this book. Oh, uh, went so far as to line up probably five interviews with me with like a ghost writer, a writing coach, a company called oh, script. And he, uh, and finally, after all those meetings, I said, Cole, I, I really don't even journal. Well, I'm not so sure I'm, I'm <laughs> you up and me this. both honey. <laughs> yeah. But why don't I, why don't I give it a try? So I just started writing down a bunch of life stories and I had about 25 of them. And I said, okay, if I was going to write a book, what would the chapters look like? So I listed, Mm -hmm. you know, listed out what the chapters might look like. And I would take a story, put it in a chapter, would write about it. And I really enjoyed it. I, Mm -hmm. uh, I realized I kind of liked it. I wish I had more to write about. This book is really kind of like a long-term paper. So the uh, the publisher has on the back of the book, it's an 82 minute read. So you can uh, you can time yourself. Wow. Yeah. So if you're a fast sure. reader, a slow reader. But the book really focuses on overcoming sort of three main uh, life events and kind of how we sort of live through that. And uh, so that's kind of the main theme with a bunch of funny life stories, and stuff like that as well. Well, that sounds fun. I'm excited. I would love to read it. I'm definitely going to go check it out. I haven't had the opportunity to read it up to this point, but I can spare 82 minutes. That's easy. Right. I'm like, that sounds <laughs> Not cool. a big investment. That's right. I'm just curious why your son was so passionate about you writing mm. either a book or was it this book? I think he was more passionate about me writing a book. Okay. He is in a fair amount of communities he probably thought I was going to write more of a business book. It's like, dad, I thought this and book was going to be about me. What happened? <laughs> that's right. No, he probably said, I didn't think it was going to be about me. I thought it was going to be about uh, business and what you do, not about life and family and all that, mm. all that stuff. So. Well, I'm curious to, to know then it sounds like you have a pretty rich and robust life and family. So Tell us a little bit about maybe some of these personal stories and how it was that you came to find your purpose in these stories of life and family in general. Yeah, well, so the, the three big events in our life that sort of are the, the focus of this book. One, my wife and I, so I'll let this out early. My wife and I were both college cheerleaders. I usually don't oh, try to let that I out. I love that. that. We love that. So we both were at Auburn, and that's how we met. Oh, cool. 
Um, but we were uh, with child sooner than expected. And so we got married in college, had our first child in college. And now we've been married, you know, 36 years. So most marriages don't last that kind of a, with that sort of a start. Yeah. And so the book talks about that, the things about our relationship, the things that are important to us, the things that have sort of made us uh, succeed in light of a tough start. Mm. Um, so are those two of the inv- events having children and getting married? Well, that's one, that's one event of the okay. three, but th- those are okay. two events. We did yeah. have, we did get married, uh, prior to the birth of our first child at Auburn. And, um, and then the second was just sort of leaving a normal career and starting my own business mm, and then yes. an industry where, a lot of people fail. And so it just talks about the thinking that goes on, goes along with that. And then we, we ended up having four children. So we kept having kids. We, you know, we didn't, we didn't kind of figure out how to <laughs> stop. Good at this. That's right. That's right. This is fun. I like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But we did uh, lose a child uh, oh. when he was 20. He was a student at Auburn and passed oh. away when he was in school. So sorry. And so it just talks about, life after you know an event like that and you know we were also committed that we weren't going to let that event take our marriage down which it does so for so many couples so those are sort of the three sort of life events that sort of Mm. you know focuses on and talks about Mm. i love that yeah, that I would be to... hard to write about that. And yeah. and I mean, just know the gift that you're giving to people to be able to give them a place to try to figure out that blueprint, because to me, it feels blueprintless how to get through something like that. Mm-hmm. So thank you. For yeah. That. Yeah. I have to share a secret with you as well, Link. My father was a cheerleader as well. Oh, wow. I did not know that. You didn't know this. No. So my dad, um, he dated a, a young woman just out of, I guess it was in high school, maybe early college. And she was a chiefs cheerleader for the Kansas city chiefs NFL team. And my dad apparently would practice the stunts with her and, you know, get her ready to go to practice. And then he would drive her to practice. And one day the coach said, Hey, we need an extra stand in guy. Do you mind just standing here and like filling the space? And my dad's like, well, yeah, actually we practiced together. I know all the stuff. I've been practicing I, my whole I've life for this practicing. moment. <laughs> and then he um, ultimately was adopted onto the team. And I think he was a chief's cheerleader for two years. And then he actually went on to spend most of his career working for the chiefs at an executive level. Um, so I thought that was a fun story that you guys met to chief. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I almost let my grandpa name be chief. You know, that's oh, wow. a big thing trying to figure out. I now have five grandchildren. So oh, wow. my, uh, my kids are uh, keeping the tradition of big families, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the oldest of four. We have, I think, I don't even know how many extended. My grandfather was the oldest of six. So we have pretty large extended family. So I feel your, I feel the joy of having a big family, but you know, I find it interesting, you know, because I think one of the things that as 
as women we've found, and maybe I'd be curious to get your perspective on this too, is that sometimes we lose ourselves, especially when we have a big family and we are giving over of ourselves so much to this family type of environment. We're constantly uh, at our children's beck and call. I mean, let's be real, right? So I'm curious to know in these big life events, how was it that you found your purpose? Um, because I feel like sometimes we lose ourselves and we lose our purpose because we're so committed to giving ourselves to everyone else. We forget uh, to focus in on who we are as individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of couples have a real hard time after their kids leave the house mm-hmm. and because everything in life is so urgent. It's so obvious. It's so immediate. And y'all are addressing the needs of your family. And many of us lose sight of, hey, how about just us as a couple? Who are we outside of our children? And, you know, now the kids have left, you know, Carla and I have a chance to to just be us, to be Mm -hmm. reacquainted, to make each other a priority. And it's so hard for people. And I just think that's a tough time in marriage in life is to move from the time when things are so obvious with your family, so critical, so busy to the time where, Hey, it's just y'all again. And you kind of have to say, Hey, we were in love before we can stay in love and make it fun and make it exciting. And uh, you know, it's just, it's it's an interesting time. So I think investing in each other, investing a- along the way, but also in those critical times when the kids leave the house, I think it's so important to be focused on each other. Mm, it is, you know, and <clears throat> you talk in your book about this idea of, of an inner compass to guide you to your true purpose and this idea of really being able to trust in yourself again. And so can you explain for us, you know, what do you mean by this inner compass and how can readers cultivate this trust in themselves and, and start to think about, especially in, in an instance like this, which so many of our mamas out there um, can relate to this story of who am I, or who are we, or who's the single me after my kids leave? And how do I start to really think about this inner compass and using that to help guide me in this next stage or phase of life. Yeah, I think the the real focus for us is we believe in absolute truth. We mm-hmm. believe that there's there is truth out there. There's mm-hmm. uh, so there's a there's truly a God out there. There's got to be truth there. So you got to figure out how you're going to relate to that God. Um, for us, we're absolutely not going to consider things. We're absolutely never going to consider divorce. So now mm. what? Now we got to work through our problems. We got to. Now if, what if do no I do? When out, you get on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> we, if, we're, if we're committed to sticking around, we got to solve the problem, right? So I think that um, I mean, faith is a big part of our life. Yeah. We talk about it some in the book, and being confident in your faith, being confident in what you believe being confident in the long game, you know, life here, but really life after here and what that really means. I think all those things are important and try to help us keep things in perspective. Yeah. And you go through enough tragedy and, and t- you know, challenging times in your life. None of us come out of, come out of life unscathed. We mm-hmm. all have that. 
and you learn to kind of put all this stuff in perspective. Yeah. It sounds like all of these challenges in life sort of help you to develop things like resilience, for example. So I would love to hear maybe one of these stories and, you know, just share with us, you know, the anecdote and, and how it shaped or impacted your life or helped you to develop some of these skills like resilience or, you know, mindfulness or, or the gratitude that you have, it sounds like for your family. Tell us a little bit about maybe one of, share one of our, one of your stories with our audience. Well, a lot of the stories are funny stories. We love Um, funny. So we, uh, so one of the stories, this is the first story in the book. So we, we've had uh, three black labs. This was our very first mm-hmm. black lab. And she, I came home from a business appointment and I got home and Jordan, who was our dog, was laying in the driveway and couldn't move her back legs. And as I walked up, Carla came out, met me, and I was thinking, man, this really doesn't look good. And she oh. said, yeah, the vet said we really need to probably take her to the hospital. So we took her up to the uh, University of Georgia uh, medic, you know, veterinary hospital. And, uh, you know, had all the kids in tow, took her up there. And, you know, they examined her and they said, uh, it came out about 10 minutes later and said, well, you know, for, for $5,000, we'll open her up and check her out. But we really think she has cancer. And we'll only give her about a 50% chance of surviving the surgery. Mm. Or, you know, we will put her down for you. And mm. so, you know, I pulled all the kids together and, you know, they gave us probably a half hour just to love on her and send her home. And so we did uh, uh, put her down. And so we, we were driving home and we were about halfway home from Athens. And Carla, you know, said, look, when we get home, I want you off my medical power of attorney. (laughs) She said, said, my mom will spend $5,000 to heal it to make sure I'm okay. I mean, I I want you off that. She's like, "Mm -mm, you too quick to pull the trigger. Right. That's right. That's right. So uh, thankfully the pathology report report did come back and said she was pretty sick. So she probably wasn't going to make it, but yeah. Oh, sweet babies. I know that's so sweet. I know Trinity is empathetic with you right now. Unfortunately, she just lost her poor Gigi. I don't want to bring up sad stories, but you know, I had to put her down not this past weekend, the week before. So yeah, I get that hard decision, but they tell us, they tell us when they're done. And I don't know what it was like with your dog, but mine, she was fine on Wednesday and doing her thing. I mean, obviously she's slowed down a lot over the years, but she also had breast cancer and she was fine on Wednesday and, you know, spinning in circles and doing her little thing. And by Thursday night, she had gotten into her bed and, She was not getting back out of it and she was in pain and Friday, like I had to carry her outside in her bed to go to the bathroom. And so Saturday was her last day with us, but it's just amazing. Like how they will tell us and their bodies, you know, and while I understand your wife's sentiment for sure, their bodies (laughs) go a lot quicker than ours. Right. We aren't just like up and doing our dance on a Wednesday and then like Saturday, like I'm out. So, um, I understand that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we 
we've had we've had three of these dogs and mm. you know whenever you have to put one down it's just so sad it is and yeah. our our current dog black lab bailey she was tyler's dog tyler is our son who passed away and mm. so we have two things in our life we'll spend an unlimited amount of money to, to keep going and that is tyler's old dog and tyler's <laughs> old tahoe and so we yes. still have those things Aww. and uh but uh, Bailey's getting pretty old and we were at the lake this weekend and she was feeling really bad and uh, even starting to hide from us, you know? Yep. So we took her to the vet uh, yesterday and actually she had surgery this morning of her spleen taking out, taken out. Oh, so we're oh hoping gosh. that we're going to get some good news uh, late today that it's all gone fine, but at least Carla feels like maybe I've evolved Ex- a little exactly. bit. Years, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but Bailey uh, is a special one since she was uh, yeah. Tyler's dog for sure. We will yeah. all say a prayer for yes, Bailey. Yes, good thought. Yeah, coming your way. But you know, I think all of these experiences in life sort of teach us something. So I'm curious, as you sat down and wrote this book and thought about your life and all of these personal experiences, what is it that you hope to share with your reader, and what do you, you know, hope to achieve by? by sharing some of these personal stories and anecdotes? Well, I think the, um, one of the chapters is called the main thing. And, and, and I think the main thing in life is relationship, you know, your relationship with, you name it, if your relationship with your wife, your relationship with God, your relationship with your friends. And I just value relationship. And to me, that's what life is about. And, so no matter how successful you are, no matter, you know, what it is, you, you'll, in my opinion, you'll ultimately be measured by relationships. And, and I think that's what's so key. And I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good grandfather. And it's all hard, but it's all fun. I mean, it's messy. and mm, yeah. All of it's messy. But I, I just think that's what life's really all about. You know, and it's funny like that, just the older I get, the more I see how much we are designed for Mm -hmm. relationships. Like it's not uncommon for me to spend a week or two at my house, like not having any real human contact, like being heads down at work and not getting out. And, you know, if it weren't for my son and his friends coming, coming over and coming through, I wouldn't even talk to anyone. And I'm an absolute extrovert. So it's, it, 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 it gets lonely. Hmm. It gets lonely at this stage of life, especially if you have gone through a divorce and then your kids are leaving and then the whole damn world goes remote. You don't even get to go into an office to see anymore. And, you know, God forbid, like I have to go to a, I don't even go to a grocery store or like go pick up food. Like everything <laughs> is like dropped off. To, on my- right. Life gets lonely <laughs> at this stage. And we are designed for relationship and for connection. And so I know that's something that Shelby and I are so passionate about is developing a space and place where women can connect and find friendship and, and shoulders and hands to hold and hearts to, you know, connect with, mm-hmm. um, especially for those that are kind of living and walking this life that, that we've the path or the journey that we've been on 
um, which is, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have the guy who was like, I want to be a great husband, a great dad. Right. We need our own link, man. <laughs> I'll do my best, yeah, maybe. We call it the missing link, right? That's right. Well, that's right. It depends. People will say, Are you like Link from the Mod Squad? That's right. people kind of my age. And then, if are you like Link from the game Zelda? That's people a little bit younger than me. And then, if, if you're like, Are you like Link from Grey's Anatomy? That's kind of like the oh, young crowd. Yes. So, whoever they say, that's how I sort of Which assess link are you? their right. perspective. But uh, one thing that's super unique about our family is we all live in the same neighborhood. My family oh, has gosh. separation issues. So my <laughs> my oldest son lives across the street from me, and he's married and has four kids. Oh, so I can't I pull that. down my street without, you know, one of the grandkids. Hey, Poppy, let's come play. Mm-hmm. Come, let me play at your house. And then my other son, Cole, who wanted me to write the book, he lives in the neighborhood now, and he just had his first child roman so what a joy what an absolute joy yeah. oh, this Tom, if they're not happy it's their own fault it wasn't my <laughs> idea for them all to live right there i think it's remarkable and it's a testament to how you have raised your family and you've created that community within your own family i think that's beautiful yeah my um father was living next door to me for the last two years. Um, it's actually kind of a funny anecdote myself. I'll share the story with you, Link. Um, my dad had moved to Texas, which is where I live, to care for his brother. Um, and at some point a f- few years ago, is, is he was living in Dallas, caring for his brother. His brother passed away. And, and when his brother passed away, he was sort of like, well, there's really nothing keeping me in Dallas. So he decided to move to Houston, Texas, which is where I live. And he moved into my house with me and my kids and we were paying rotating bedrooms. And, um, it was a joy to have him here, but we were literally on top of one another. And I known, I had known that my neighbors next door had decided to retire to the Hill country, which is just outside of Austin, Texas. And they were no longer living in their house, but they had kept their house because they have a pet duck. And I had heard through the grapevine that they were paying a significant amount of money for a zookeeper to come and care for this pet duck. So one day I just got a whim and I texted my next door neighbor and I said, I know this is a very bizarre proposition, but what if my dad just moved into your house and started taking care of your duck? How would you feel about that? And their response was, when can he start? And so (laughs) my dad moved into my next door neighbor's house, fully furnished, beautifully architected home to care for their pet duck, where he he lived out the last couple of years of his life. He passed away, I'm sad to say, in December of this past year. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, having him next door was one of the biggest joys that I have had because, you know, it's 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 difficult to. I mean, it's been such a joy, I think, to really get to know him as a person, as an adult and hear his stories about becoming a cheerleader or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some that's a good club. Yeah, yeah, it's a, good a club. great club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's been able it's helped us to cultivate, you know, joy and, um, you know, purpose in finding, you know, that space and family. So let me ask you, how do you balance that? Right. Because 
you know, I think that's a hard part too. And I think as, as women, we always are wondering like, where is the balance in life? What, how much do we give over of ourselves to, um, you know, our families and to again, cultivating relationship and how much time do we spend cultivating a relationship with ourselves? So tell us how you find that balance in your life. Well, right now we have, so I mentioned we have five grandchildren, but we also have all four of our parents are still living, wow. but they're all in their eighties and what? they're all struggling. Mm. So we're just, um, thankfully, Hey, my parents live in the neighborhood, you know, now, we're of course, all in the same well, where else will they live? I didn't right? need to ask exactly. that, but so they're easy. They're, we see them. I, mean, I take my mom to chemo every week and, um, or, or my wife, one of the two of us. And then, um, but Carla's parents are about six hours away and, and it's just, it's hard because yeah. they're, they need help. So Carla gives, you know, most of her time is spent either taking, you know, solving a medical problem for mm. one of our parents or helping with one of the grandkids. And, you know, it's hard. So it's important for us to have time together. We, about 20 years ago, we bought a lake home. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's been our sort of getaway. So we, you know, it's only 45 minutes from our house. So it's easy to get to, we go there every weekend we're in town and, um, that's sort of our way to kind of, and before we used to have all the, like we had everybody there this weekend for Memorial day and it was busy, but normally it's just the two of us and Lovely. our dog and, uh, and some good wine. And so yes. that's, uh, that's uh, that's the way we like it. And that's been a good way to um, just sort of refocus on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So the name of your book is The Side Road. So I'm curious, you know, where did you come up with that title? And what were some of the side roads that you've taken along the way that have led you to some sort of unexpected lesson or some sort of unexpected, you know, negative wisdom that you've carried with you through your life? So, so there are a few chapters about faith. One's called the long view. Uh, one's called the road less traveled. So the side road is sort of like a, a play off of the road less traveled. And it just, it really talks about doing things differently, making the tough decisions, mm-hmm. doing the thing that's not popular or whatever it may be, but just it, those are the, the main focuses of the side road. I mean, we've done plenty of crazy things uh, and the book's full of some funny stories. So I think you'll uh, enjoy that. It talks about, and we, you know, we go to a lot of country concerts. We go to a lot of college football games. We do a lot of life things with family and friends and we've got some funny uh, all those funny stories are in there but ultimately the side road is really about doing things with a sense of purpose doing Mm -hmm. making decisions not on how you feel or what's the easier way but on what's important and uh, and that's what really is the side road is all about Yeah. You know, it's funny link because I think so oftentimes we get, um, we get to a point in our life where we kind of get stuck and and we maybe stop progressing or we're, we're trying to move forward with what we're doing. And it's like, we're hitting a wall over and over and over. And many times, right. That's what leads to 
uh, saying, I've got to think about doing something different. I can't keep living life this way. There's got to be more. There has to be a different purpose. And, you know, sometimes we look over and it's like, what? Is that a side, bro? What is this over here? And, you know, so I'm curious, like, do you feel like that side road is what has helped you become unstuck having the side road to journey down? Or how would you even, you know, what kind of advice would you give for our readers about looking out for signs, signs, Mm -hmm. signs, the signpost for the side road? When you are hitting that wall, when you are getting stuck and maybe it is God's way of saying, baby girl, there's something else. Look to the right. Mm -hmm. I think one of the secrets of uh, life is having a a spirit of forgiveness. You know, Mm. the ability to forgive yourself. I mean, I disappoint myself all the time. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm the things I think about, the things I do, the things I I mean, I think, man. So. I, I think we should be quick to forgive other people and find a way to to move away from a stressful situation or give somebody the, um, you know, we all make mistakes. We want God to forgive us. We want to forgive ourselves. We want to forgive other people. And I just think, ha- you know, taking the pressure off, not being so demanding of others or ourselves, ha- have a sense of humor just recognize, hey man, if I if I go deep enough, I'm going to find some ugliness in myself. So don't be yeah. so quick to find it in other people. Yeah, and and I just think that's a way to help relationship, heal relationships. I mean, this life is short. We want to we want to spend it enjoying life and enjoying relationship and being with people we like and being with people we don't like, but finding a way to to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I can be pretty tough. I mean, I, I can be a tough pill to swallow. So I get it, you know? Yeah. So I just think finding a way to show grace, be yeah. able to, you know, give it and get it. It's, it's hard yet easy. Right. For sure. We make it harder than it needs to be. And that's often our own stubbornness or obstinance. And when we can just lean into it and stop resisting, in that we find the magic moments that really are all strung together to create a beautiful life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said that life is short. Life to me is too short to sit there and dwell on the negativity. And honestly, if there's a person that I'm interacting with that just, I feel isn't adding value to my life or is maybe at, you know, becoming a detriment, then, you know, you have a choice, you have a personal choice. And I think there's that piece of it too, is that we all have personal choices in the way that we choose to live our life. And, you know, one other thing too, I just want to reflect on is the idea of the fact that life is short. So I remember that you were saying that. And so I think too, one of the things that I know that you said were the three major events that you navigated in life, one of those was stepping outside of maybe a corporate type of job and going kind of that unique path, which is finding your own purpose in your own business. And I know a lot of us, and I I mean, Trinity and I included, honestly, are really at that point in life where we're like, what is all of this about? And is this really what my purpose is, is showing up to a corporate job day in, day out? Do I have a higher purpose to contribute to? Tell us what your thought process was around, you know, making those choices and and what the result has been for you. Yeah. So my first 
real job, let's say, uh, was working for IBM. Um, and, and at the time, it was a great company. I mean, still a great company, but sure. it was just, it was a great job. And uh, I laughed because I went to my first training class and first guy I went to Harvard, next guy I went to Wharton, next guy I went to, yeah, whatever. They all, and then I said, well, I went to Auburn. I obviously must know somebody, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't seem to fit in here. But um, what I learned about that is I was in the quota territory business and sales. And I learned, man, I just don't have much control over what's going on. I want to have more control over how much money I'm going to make over how I'm going to handle my day. So I knew I had to get out of a quota territory job and into some type of contract sales. Hmm. And that's when I left IBM and got in the financial services industry. And I mean, it's been a great 31 year run. And Hmm. um, now I've merged with a friend of mine. We have a bigger company and that's been kind of fun. Uh, so it's just a, it's a great, I love what we're doing. We're helping people, uh, and we're help, if we help enough people, then it's a win-win for everybody. And, uh, so I would encourage anyone, I, I'll never forget when I was going to leave IBM, I did two things. I, I wrote down on a sheet of paper, all the people I thought who had a cool job. And so mm. right, I'm going to spend a couple months with all these people and figure out what they really do. And then I wrote a list of like the 10 things I wanted in a job. And about that time I met this guy, Bill Goodwin, who convinced me that working with him was going to be the answer to my little sheets of paper here. Hmm. And he was right. He was, uh, it's been a, been a good run. Now Cole works with us and we have a firm that's going to last long, well past um, Wayne and, me and uh, Cole and Will and a bunch of young people will be running this company 20 and 30 years from now. So that's kind of fun. That is super fun. So I'm curious, what was on the piece of paper in terms of what were the things that you were looking for? And and it sounds like you were able to manifest that then. Well, I wanted to sell something I was passionate about. So I needed to find, I wasn't that passionate about technology. So I needed to find something that I thought mattered. I didn't want to travel. I wanted to be able to manage my own calendar. I wanted to be able to work with who I wanted to work with. Um, I didn't want anybody to tell me that I, if I, I wanted to be in a place where if I outwork somebody, I, I could get rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we ended up. And it, and it's really worked out. I love that. And so what advice might you have to our listener out there who's really struggling to find her purpose or his purpose? Because we know you two guys out there, right? We know still you fellas in there. Still listening. Um, <laughs> what, what, what advice would you give them as, as they hit this place in life where maybe we feel a little bit confused about where we go next? How do we find our purpose? Well, I, I first would say, because I help a lot of people that are in great businesses and they feel like they can, because they're great doing one thing, they think they can be great doing something else and it doesn't always work out that way. So, mm-hmm. so the first thing I would say is find your purpose in something other than your work. Mm-hmm. Find your purpose in who you are, who, the bigger picture, how you can impact people and lives, even within uh, what you're doing and, and have a story that's outside of just how you're performing at work or how much money you make have, have some bigger story than that. 
But if you are going to make a decision to leave, then I would encourage you to, to really think about it, really. I mean, these days people can upgrade and change their jobs all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure it's always great, but I, right. I think that, um, you know, really being thoughtful, seeking some advice from some older people, you know, write, you know, write down the most 10, the 10 most successful people, you know, and go talk to them about what, how they did it, what they think, get some advice before you just get mad at work when they decide I'm getting out of here and just do something else. I think I would, uh, slow the roll and yes. try to, and, and, you know, take a pause, see if you can find some purpose where you are. And if you ultimately can't, then take your time to find the next, the next opportunity. Mm. I love that. I think the best advice I ever got about, you know, whether or not to leave a job is make sure that you're not running from something, mm. but that you are running to something. Mm. Otherwise, you typically will end up in a space where there is regret. Yeah. Well, ultimately, it is work. So mm-hmm. not you don't have to love everything. You know, there are some things about all of our jobs that we don't love, but we we power through right for the for the bigger goal. Yes. So, so what's next for you? Yeah, that's exactly what, what I was. What's going. next for you? Your author, adventurer, dad, husband, grandpa, dog, dad. What's <laughs> what's next in the the chronicles of Link? I mean, I think uh, I would say it's okay to just be. Like right now, I think we're happy, you know, and, and I'm sure there's going to be some challenges you know, with our parents in the next handful of years, I can get a bad phone call today with the surgery on my dog. But, you know, yeah. but in general, I want to be content in who I am, whose I am, and my, I want to be a good husband to my wife. I want to, you know, I want to live a life, and I, and I fail at this all the time, but I want to live a life worthy of being married to my wife or worthy of being a follower of, God or a follower of Jesus. I want to be a, and, and I, and I can't do that, but I want to, I want to attempt to be, you know, just better at it and yeah. give it my best effort. But I want to try and stay healthy and I want to, you know, I play a lot of golf. I want to mm-hmm. be able to, I just want to stay active for the next, mm-hmm. however many great years of life I have left. I don't want to let it just, I don't want to let my help slip. I don't want to let my relationships uh, get lazy with any of that. You know, that's what's really, that's what really matters. Yeah. So I'm curious, what do you do then? Like what activities do you engage in to continue to, I guess, develop yourself so that you're living this life that you feel is worthy? Well, I went through some, we went through some life vision statement training, but Mm -hmm. the thing I took from that was I try, I try to wake up every morning and tell myself four things. I try to tell myself that I am loved, that I am free, that I am secure, and that I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And I just want to think about those things before I let myself read any news for the day. Mm-hmm. Or So I like to start my day that way. And two of those things can never change. And two can change. You know, I'm not always going to be free. My health could change in a way where I'm not going to be free to do the things I like to do. And, uh, and you're not always happy. I mean, you go through seasons of life where the happiness factor is lower, but when you are in times that you are happy, 
and you are free to do the things you want to do. I think it's good to just reflect on, hey, this is a good season of life. You know, there's a lot of good things to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Link, it's been such a joy having a conversation with you today. If our listener wanted to find you, where could they find you? Uh, I mean, you can find me on uh, social media. You can find, you know, Link Forrester author dot com forester just has one r in the middle oftentimes that can get a little <laughs> uh, people spell it differently and uh you can buy the book you know anywhere books are sold read the book give a comment you know let let it let everybody know what you think but uh it's uh again 82 minutes 82 not, minutes all it takes that. That, it's not that big a commitment my wife has me now listen to all her books on tape and uh, these things are long. I mean, it's a solid couple weekends <laughs> up on the dock listening to these things. But uh, it's, so your uh, wife is an author too. It sounds like, or just the books that she likes. The books she likes. Yeah. So, but she's gotten me into listening to books now, as opposed to um, even though you can't listen to mine, you can uh, you can uh, download buy it on your Kindle. But I don't think you. It's not Audible ready. Yeah, I need to have some more. I need to. I need to sell a more few more copies before it gets to that level. <laughs> there we go. Great. Well, we can't wait to pick up the book, and we appreciate your time today, Link. Thank you so much for being here. Great to Thank be you. with y'all. Enjoy Thank the rest you. of the day. Thank you. You too. you too. Link, thank you for the great conversation. For linking up with us, Link, we appreciate it. <laughs> that was great, Shelby. I loved that. So good. Yes. There were so many great takeaways. And as always, ladies, we're going to give you our top five. Uh, but I'd also be interested to know which ones might be your favorites. So mm. think about that as we go through these top five. The first one for me was the fact that, like it or not, honey, none of us escape life unscathed. None of us. None it's of your us. confidence in your faith and what you believe and your confidence in the long game that will help you navigate the difficulties in life with perspective. Mm, I love that. Number two, I like this idea of the main thing. And in Link's perspective, the main thing in life is the relationships we build. And you know, <laughs> Relationships are hard and they can be messy, but that's really what life is all about. That's where the juice is, right? In that, in those relationships. Yeah. Well, if that's where the juice is, I would say that the juice is worth the squeeze for <laughs> sure. And the third point that we want to bring to you all is this idea of the side road. And that the side road is all about doing things with a sense of purpose. And, you know, it's not about making decisions based on how you feel or, or what is the easiest thing to do, but instead really dissecting and determining what is most important to you and doing that. Love that. And four, one of the secrets in life is having a spirit of forgiveness. Yes. If we go deep enough, we'll find 
all of us, you, me, we all have a little bit of ugliness Mm -hmm. deep down within us. And so I try and do this with my kids all the time. We should not be so quick to find that ugliness in others. We don't know each other's story. Life is short. Love one another. Love one another. Mm. And while you're loving one another, let's slide on into our fifth and final point today. And this is to find your purpose in something other than work. Realize that, baby girl, your story is so much bigger than what you do or how much money you make. You are a wonder. You are a design of the heavens. And in that, there are stars that have been born inside of you that are waiting to shine that you have not yet unleashed. And now is your time. Now is your time to find your purpose and to dig in and to begin to bloom even brighter than you already are today. And you know what? Your girls, me and Shelby, we are here Mm -hmm. with you. We are here unleashing our stars in front of you with every episode. And we'll be honest, because sometimes you're also getting the ugliness that lives inside of us too, because I mean, we're committed to bringing honesty, right? We're committed to bringing who we are, the honesty, the truth, so that we can live in this messy middle together. So share your favorite point about this episode. It doesn't have to be one of our top five because we know there are a lot of points that probably resonated with you and we'd love to hear about them. Lean into our Facebook community and tell your friends. Tell your friends about what you learn, about what you like, and share your favorite episode like we asked earlier. And we just are so thankful for you and that we get the chance and the opportunity to do this with you. You you are really one of our side roads. You're not our side chick. You're our side road, baby. I love that. So we cannot wait until we get to do this all over again with you next week, right here in the middle.